Welcome to the Universal Sisterhood Podcast. We're hoping to create a place where women can delve deeper, lift their gaze higher, live freer, laugh louder, smile brighter, and be the authentic woman they were designed to be. Every human heart is created to be known, loved, and understood. So this is the place where women can share their stories. Welcome to episode 18. This is our final episode for 2018. Oh, yeah, 18th episode on the last season, 2018. Um, and I'll be back after the summer, probably the first week in February, uh, with a great lineup of women and topics that, um, I, some I've already re, uh, recorded. Um, but if you have a story or you know someone that has a story, contact me. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, jessica at doherty.com.au or via my Instagram page, Universal Sisterhood, or my personal Facebook account. Um, Yeah, send me a message. Um, Today on the podcast, I'm talking to Brony Mowbray. Um, She has a beautiful story. She and her husband suffer from infertility, and it's out of this sorrow and painful emptiness that her and her husband were able to look beyond that pain and sadness and look to Christ for him to birth new life into their marriage. This birth wasn't a physical birth um, with the presence of, a, of, of flesh and blood, but fruits from their love um, that helped so many other people around them. Um, she was able to allow God to rewrite the narrative that her and her husband had planned for themselves to be husband and wife, to be mother and father, and to really live out that prayer, um, let your will be done. Because um, it can be so easy to never look beyond the sorrow of what you've lost or what you have not, what you don't have to never be able to see what you actually have, and they have a lot. Um, I hope you enjoy the story. She has a lot of insight and she's an amazing woman. Um, Enjoy. Have a wonderful Christmas. Um, May the baby Jesus feel really at home in your hearts and your home this Christmas. See you in the new year. Bye. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So today on the podcast, I've got Bridie Mowbray. That's right. Yep. Perfect. Excellent. I got it right. Thank goodness. Um, And we're going to talk about your journey through infertility and how God's played a role in that. Um, So let's start at the beginning. Give us a little bit of background information about yourself. Okay. Okay. I won't start when I was, you know, one or two years old. I'll start, oh, look, it's I'll, up to you. <laughs> I'll jump to that. a little bit. I'll jump to where I met my husband. Is that all right? That's perfect. Um, so my husband's Jesse. Mm-hmm. Um, he and I met in year 12. He'd come from Papua New Guinea. I'd moved from Queensland and um, we both ended up at the same school together. And uh, we didn't hang out heaps at school. We sort of had our own group of friends. But outside of school we spent 
almost all of our time together. We went to the same little church up at Lawson, which is a tiny little parish. So and the nativity. Yeah, yeah, Lady of the Nativity. Yeah. I know how lovely is that yeah, for us. Yeah. <laughs> so it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've found actually um, that throughout our lives. You know, the birth of Christ has been something that's been really significant, so it's interesting. But we met there and um, and got married there as well, actually. But no, yeah. Nothing's by chance. No, no, I, we don't, yeah, we certainly, when we reflect on our life, we see that. Yeah, so, wow. Yeah, but, um, yeah, so we hung out a lot and, you know, eventually, and we, we were best mates, so just did a lot of, you know, rock climbing and went to the pool and holidays and all that sort of mm. stuff. And then, Were your families? Our families are, friends? yeah, our families are best friends these oh. days, so, which is lovely. That you works know. out well. It's pretty amazing <laughs> for, to have parents in law that would consider each other yeah. to be best friends. So That's very rare. It is, yeah. It's a bit of a blessing for us, I think. So, But, yeah, we um, we were re- yeah, really best friends and then at some point we uh, we tried to turn our mateship into Boyfriend, girlfriend, <laughs> very awkwardly. So we fumbled our way through definitely the first bit of our dating. We didn't kiss for months and months and months because it was just way <laughs> too, too awkward. awkward. I rock climbed with this chick. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. So we just didn't go there for a long time. But anyway, eventually we, um, yeah, we did. We made it work and we realised pretty quickly, I think, that um, this was going to be. Uh, Had you finished school? Yeah, so we'd finished school by that time. We started dating when I was 18, so a yeah, year after I'd finished school. And um, my parents had always said, um, don't get married before you're 21. That was just, I don't know, why 21? I think they just thought that's a good number. And so my 21st birthday. What's your wedding? Day after. No, no, no Jess proposed. <laughs> so, but yeah, that would have been even better. Yeah. So, yeah, so he proposed just after my 21st birthday and um, that was in September and we were married in yeah, married early the next year. So, yeah, married in February. So it must have been just a handful yeah. of months. So, yeah, so that was great. How lovely. Um, we got married young too. Did you? How yeah. old were you? I think I was 22. 22. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I was 22. Yeah. Yeah, it's, we, we think it's great, you know. Um, I know. I, it's funny people's opinion. Like, yeah. You're too young to get married or, yeah. you know. But we grew up together. That's what we think, yeah. yeah. And there's no, we don't have that baggage yeah, or that yeah. um, we're not set, we don't have our, you know, everything set the way we want it. Mm. We kind of realise that it's, it's not my way or the highway. We yes, have to work this out together. Absolutely. And you learn at an early age to do yeah. that. Yeah, and you share some really formative years of your life. Exactly. You know, so we yeah. went on holidays together and had yeah. great adventures and I think, Wow, it's so special to be able to reflect on those yeah. together. And and to realise, oh, that's right, you were there. Yeah, that's right, yeah. yeah. So, no, we're really thankful that, I mean, I know it obviously doesn't work for everybody no. in that way, but we're thankful for, you know, for yeah, our relationship too. working like that. So, um, so yeah, so we, we got married young. We were both still at uni. Um, so for the, first, for the first couple of years of our marriage, we used uh, natural family planning <laughs> to, ironically, avoid... Um, pregnancy. You know that this is about infertility, so yeah. you know that <laughs> it, it was unnecessary. Yeah, but we were really good at natural family planning. We didn't yeah. mess it up once, didn't fall pregnant once. Wow. Um, you thought you were amazing. We did think we were doing Coming really. instructors. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so we used that to avoid pregnancy for the first part. Um, 
we were always open to having children, you know, and would have loved it still if, if I'd fallen pregnant during that time. But, you know, in our minds, um, it would be good to finish uni and yeah. we felt that my not falling pregnant was God saying a similar thing. So yeah. that was all very good. Um, but, yeah. We didn't have that luxury. Yeah. No. <laughs> my husband was finishing his degree, working. Oh, gosh. Uh, he... I don't know how he, he must have done it part-time, okay. uni, he worked part-time Yeah. and then he did two, he did a paper run and a pizza run. Oh, my goodness. And I had a baby. Wow. So that was. That's epic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then as we said yeah. before, he was there with me. That's right, and formative. Yeah. And you look back and you go, we did that together. No, you know, you feel really, I, I agree. Yeah. No, it's really good. Yeah, sorry, keep going. Um. Yeah, so we yeah, so we'd avoided pregnancy for those first couple of years and then finished uni. And clever, then, clever you. Yeah, I know. We sort of we thought we were pretty good. <laughs> so as as we neared the end of uni, we um, became pretty lax mm-hmm. on our natural family planning and and I and I guess and I guess articulate it to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, we would both have really loved it if it just you know, we just felt pregnant if God surprised us you know, with um with a baby. So I guess in that in that last bit of uni we were pretty open to having children whenever and, you know, in whatever God's timing was and didn't obviously fall pregnant. <laughs> so we started after after we'd finished uni, we both sort of we you know, we made a more concerted kind of effort to time things a bit better and we weren't sort of calculate, you know, calculating every little thing down to the minute but we were certainly you know a bit more conscious oh now would be a good time to yeah. probably have sex you know if we wanted to have a baby so yeah so we did that for um you know for yeah, a handful of months and and that was probably the time when I started um I guess becoming aware of how devastating it was to get your period yeah. <laughs> after you'd been trying to fall pregnant you know yeah. after you wanted to fall pregnant so and obviously many women experience that yeah. um but yeah I, I sort of realized you know after a number of months of getting my periods and having hoped you know this might be the month um yeah I realized that that was you know that was tough so it wasn't too long after that you know a handful of months of that 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 we came became much more um, you know, I guess precise about our hmm. about our um, love making. So we did know the day, and we Becoming did mechanical. know, yeah, yeah, it became quite mechanical. I mean, we still made love at other times, yeah. but we were really sure, you know, getting down if, to business. Um, yeah, I knew the signs. If I've got, you know, all yeah. A, B, and C signs, quick, you yeah. know, <laughs> we've got to make it. Um, got to make this happen. So yeah, I and think I, I read once um, a friend of mine. This is when I had my to Jamie Oliver's wife. Okay. written a book. I can't remember. I just borrowed it. It was a beach read. Yeah. But it was on how, because she found it very difficult to fall pregnant. Did she? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he, she would call it and say, quick, you've got to come home now. And he would get on his <laughs> moped right. and fly home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it felt, you know, it, does, it did feel a bit like that, you know. Um, and, yeah, definitely that kind of mechanical thing that sort of had taken the spontaneity out mm-hmm. of it. it we, Jess and I had always continued to be, I'm so thankful, absolutely head over heels in love. And so love making had always been this Toys, kind of, yeah. yeah, and this fullness of the expression of our love. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
not mechanical at all, you know. Mm. And so, yeah, so that was that was tricky, just kind of um, approaching that with such a different sort of headspace, yeah. you know. I remember Googling things, how to make sure, you know, yeah. <laughs> all of those yeah. sorts of things. So, but we. A friend, she said once, she said, I just had to stay upside down for yeah, a long time. Yeah, yeah. I remember propping my hips under, yeah, under a pillow, yeah, you know, and things like that. And I think, oh my goodness. Did you have so, to um, inject? So at one stage, so yeah, so once we, yeah, once we started fertility, like investigating our fertility. um, No, no, that's all right. Yeah, once we started investigating our fertility, at one stage I um, was on a hormone, yeah, replacement tablet. It wasn't an injection, Mm. um, but that was in theory to stimulate the production of my eggs, I yeah, think, you know, yeah, yeah, to um to improve their quality or something. So, yeah, so at one stage, yeah, there was that as well. So, yeah, so that all just, that whole process, you know, was. Takes its toll on you. It did, yeah, it did definitely took its toll on, um, took its toll on us. Not, not so much on our marriage. I think, again, we've sort of, anything that we've encountered has always kind of forged us. Um, yes more strongly so we'd always go to the appointments together and all of those sorts of things you know very supportive of each other we became quite tender with each other I think in a way you know um when you know when you you know that the other person is really uncomfortable and really um yeah feeling really vulnerable yeah then you natural, you know, as their spouse you naturally rescue them yeah you just your heart bleeds for them Mm. so I think um, that was, you know, that was one of the fruits of the whole experience is that our love for each other, you know, it really became very tender, you know, really, um, yeah, it had a different depth to it that it hadn't had before. And it was difficult, um, difficult for both of us. I think think it was particularly difficult for Jess, you know, as I guess as a woman, you know, you sort of grow up having your periods and, you know, thinking at some point you'll have a baby and, you know, you just, I don't know, are okay with, um, you know. Knowing that your dignity is going to be hung on the door at some point. Yeah, you know. But you're also more comfortable with your body, I think, and how it's working. Yeah. I know I just had a conversation with my son before this, my my 16-year-old son about, I don't know how we came about it, but it was hemorrhage, I was telling him about one of the, I hemorrhage after our babies. Yeah. And I was telling him after Charlotte there were like eight blood clots that just oh, fell man. on the floor. Yeah. And yeah. He, he said, oh, I can't eat anymore. Yes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to have lunch, Mum. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so they're, it. they're That's more the uncomfortable yeah. or they're, they're, not, they're not as in tune with their body yeah. as we are. No, yeah. And those things are more confronting. I think so. I think. Yeah. And agree? I think you naturally have... Um, you know, somebody talks to you about, you know, your mum or teacher or someone about you're going to get your periods and this is going to be what it's like and your body's doing this and there's going to be all these changes. And you sort of, I don't know, yeah, I think you prepare, you're more prepared. Yeah, yeah. So all of the fertility treatment, whilst, you know, not pleasant for me, I just kind of went, ah, you know, I'm not so, it, it that didn't feel like such a violation of this body that had never been, it was a you know, poked or prodded or anything. Yeah, and yeah. I could see it in that that kind yeah. of light. Um, whereas for Jess, I think his male body, he'd sort of felt like yeah. people hadn't poked and prodded him before and, mm. you know, investigated things and so he found it very violating. Yeah. Um, the process, you know, trying to um, 
for him, trying to have particular tests done in line with Catholic teaching was really difficult. Yeah, how did that? Yeah, well, um, so, you know, a sperm, so to do a sperm analysis, you use a perforated condom. Mm-hmm. Um, Jess and I have never used a condom in our lives. Mm-hmm. And so to wear a condom while making love was like, he really found that. Yeah, huge. I know that that's not the experience for lots of people because they're, yeah, yeah. they're used to that. But for us, like, it was just all of a sudden this artificial thing introduced into something that we'd never had. Yeah. So that he found really, you know, really difficult and we had to quickly, um, you know, bottle up the sample and get it to the fertility place in time. And so the whole process was really yes. just, you know, yeah. just horrible. Um, so all of, yeah, all of that was, you know, was really difficult. I remember we were talking about this the other day. Um, we remember really clearly the point at which we went, like, enough's enough in terms of fertility testing and, and investigation. How, how long did that go on for? Like, what, when was enough enough? Um, oh, probably from from us realising that something's not quite right mm. to that point would have been a couple of years. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Cause That's every, a long time. Oh, it is a long time, yeah. Mm. And every test takes however long to come back and then there's the appointment and, the, you know, and yeah. then you try something else. Yeah. So you sort of have Start to see again. if that works yeah. and... Um, and these done periods just keep coming, rolling right. back. <laughs> yeah, every time, every month, you just feel like your heart just like falls out of your chest. And, and how, how, where was God in all this? Like, how did you, did how was your relationship um, with God? Yeah, we'd always had like Jess and I have always been um, again something we're thankful about. Very both faithful um, Catholics. Jess came to the faith late, but um, but certainly he's a convert. He's a convert, yeah. Um, but by the time I met him, you know, he was he very, converted. yeah, had converted, yeah. So we we both, and we prayed together. Um, so we, we certainly had that in terms of something to sort of hold on to. But our prayer, I and, and this really morphed for us, but our prayer at that time was absolutely please bless us with children. Mm-hmm. Like it was a really specific, um, you know, a really specific prayer. We had, I remember us talking about, you know that passage in scripture where um, the neighbour wants something and, you know, they just go and they bang on the door in the middle of the night, you know, of their neighbour, you know, let me in and the neighbour yells out, you know, just go away or whatever. <laughs> um, but they persist and they bang more, you know, and they keep asking and eventually the, the neighbour just gets sick of having someone bang on their door in the middle of the night so they get up and answer it, you know, and I think, and I mean it is this model for prayer. It says persist in prayer. It's what, yes, you know, yes. this is the... The moral Nothing of the it door all. Will be open That's you. right. Yeah. And so I think that was kind of our, um, that was where our heads were at in terms of prayer, you know, very much. If we ask long enough, like, yeah. God will hear us, yeah. you know, He can't, He has to hear us. He knows and, and He loves us and um, He wants this for us. And, you know, so I, we had a real, we had a real certainty that we'd have children. Yeah. So, um, so that was, was just in God's timing. Yeah, that's right, yeah. you know. And so I guess that sort of brought us some comfort during yeah. that time, knowing, you know, that we would have children. Yeah. Um, but that obviously, that prayer, I remember speaking to a priest, um, Jess and I speaking to a priest and just saying to him, you know, this is our prayer and we're really, and this is sort of toward the, you know, the later end obviously as yeah. years it rolled by and saying to this priest like, we can't keep praying this prayer. Like it's just breaking our heart, <laughs> you know, because you are hanging so much on it. 
And in the meantime, we've watched, um, we got married young relative to our friends. We'd watched friends get married and, you know, what fell pregnant, yay, you know, and, and family and you feel really excited for them but obviously a little part of you. Yeah, that's right. So we'd watched all of that and, you know, people saying, oh, we've, gosh, we didn't want to fall pregnant and we have or, yeah. um, you know, things like that. So, yeah. yeah, so that sort of stuff was, you know, was really hard. But so that, yeah, I guess that was where our faith was at during that time was. Um, Did you feel he was, had abandoned you? Yeah, I think so, yeah. yeah. I think um, I think as time went on, you know, we definitely, maybe not abandoned just us. just want to kick the door open? Yes. <laughs> Instead of banging? Yeah, I think. Like not never maybe totally abandoned, you yeah. know, but um, but definitely, you know, we were confused. Yeah, like, this is clearly what we want, and we think, and it's a good thing. It's not like we're praying for a million dollars so that we can do, you know, go and buy a boat and travel the world. You know, we're praying for something that's like, and everyone else has, yeah, yeah and a fruit of your love yeah. for us and our participation as creatures in your yeah. creative work, like all good things, yeah. you know. Um, but obviously sucky things happen and so we also had that, you know. We People do get sick and people are born with disabilities and, you know, things don't happen how I guess you'd, you'd imagine things would be perfect if, they, if um, you know, if sin hadn't entered the world. So I yeah. guess I wanted to ask how um, the church is teaching on IVF and yeah. artificial means, mm. did that tempt you or...? But we talked about it, um, and we really we really wrestled with um, yeah, really wrestled with some aspects of that. Mm. It became so the the particular condition that um, medical condition that prevents yeah. us from having kids would mean uh, would mean that IVF um, would have us well. So the, the difficulty, I'm sure Jess won't mind me saying this, um, is that Jess has got a condition called azoospermia. Right. Which means that he doesn't his ejaculate seems normal, but there's actually no sperm in it. Huh. So yeah, so they and this so he is, doesn't produce doesn't sperm. produce sperm. No, right. and so this was um that was I was going to say that was the final kind of straw for us. We were sitting in this <laughs> sitting with this um you know medical expert or whatever, and um I remember him saying to us, look. Um, one thing we could try is um, bisecting your testicle, you know, and Jess and I, I just remember us thinking, <laughs> did you bisect your testicle? Like, Jess, I don't I, you know, just metaphorically did, did you crossed his legs. Did, did you have to prise his <laughs> knees apart to get out the door? We just thought, oh, my goodness, you know, he said, oh, your testosterone production is really great. You know, if we do the bisection, it might compromise your testosterone and Jess and I think we were just like Enough. we're just thinking what the heck what are we doing here you know <laughs> and so we, and so it was good we walked out of that appointment and went like that's it you know yeah. we're not gonna get your testicle bisected so <laughs> um that whole kind of mentality of um I guess the right to a child yes. you know um we threw that out then you know yeah, well. we, I guess we realized you know that we didn't have this right, this um, wasn't, you know, kids weren't a, mm-hmm. a property that you could acquire. Yes. You know, they come as a gift and yes. um, you pray for that gift and you hope for that gift, but you can't just go and acquire it or, yeah. you know. So, Demanded. That's right, yeah. Split your testicle in That's half right, to get it, you know. So that, yeah, so that was sort of a fairly definitive kind of, um, yeah, yeah, moment. Wow. 
for us around that sort of thing. But so in terms of the IVF stuff, um, I guess your traditional kind of um, easy level uh, kind of IVF stuff wasn't accessible to us. Mm. Um, we'd already decided prior to it that we, we weren't going to pursue it. But I guess having a definitive kind of thing that said, you know, you're going to have to go to some pretty extreme measures if you really want this helped us to go, you know, like we're just yeah. not prepared to go there. So um, our marriage is our vocation. Yeah. That's what we, you know, that's where our time and our energy is invested in, in our marriage and, and together and openness to God's will in our lives and a receptivity to God's will in our lives and whatever way he wants to be fruitful in our lives. And um, so that was where our focus was going to be. It wasn't going to be, yeah. you know, on this year, kids at all cost wow. type um, approach. Um, how has infertility helped your marriage? Like it's brought you closer mm. in unexpected ways. Mm. Yeah, I guess that would be that would be the like main communication. Like yeah. I've seen you, like just I've seen you together publicly. Yeah. Not met, you know, a handful of times. Yeah, but yeah. You can tell you have a real connection. Yeah, I definitely think. Um, and that's we definitely that people would. Yeah, give their. You yeah, know. we've got the best marriage. Yeah. You know, um, I know that. I remember you saying when we were talking the other day, you know, about about the lead up to this, and I think you asked me, you know, did you ever feel like you failed at hmm. um, at motherhood, yeah. you know? And I mean, I guess in a technical sense, yeah, we really have failed badly. <laughs> Physically, we really did, but we didn't ever feel like we failed at marriage because we have the best marriage that um, that we could ever hope for, and and certainly. Um, some of that tenderness that that I spoke about earlier, that having to communicate, that having to really, um, yeah, care for each other and love each other. And there's only us, you know, there's Mm. just the two of us in our house. And so there's no, there's no padding. Like it's not like there's, you know, there's there's no one to kind of go, oh, look, maybe we're having a bit of a rough time, but I'm just playing with the kids or I'm going to ignore you over here. Or I'm busy cooking dinner because I've got to just, you know, kind of management mode. We can't go. We don't have management mode in our mm. house. It's just us, and so, um, and so we really are so both so invested. We're always invested in our marriage, so right from the beginning. Um, but I think just the whole process has just been one where we've both become more and more invested in it, and and so aware of um, of wanting to care for each other and allow each other to to together to be fruitful but also to allow each other to to pursue different things and support each other in that and um Jess's business for example is something that you know he's an architect and um and he's got a little firm these days with a bunch of um a bunch of people working for him and you know and I've been really invested in that whole process it's his it's you know he's the architect and it's his kind of thing but I guess you know, I've been because there's just the two of us. It's absolutely part. Of, I'm absolutely yeah, there you're as integral. well. Yeah. yeah. So I think we've been able to sort of support each other in in individual dreams, but also we've been very um, intentional yeah. about about having about bearing fruit together in other ways. So there's there's things. Say for example, through church. Yeah. Um, we don't do things separately. So. Where, where the logistics of a family, you know, mean that probably 
mum and dad can't both do something together necessarily in the church. Sometimes you can, but sometimes it just mm. means the logistics just mean you can't, you know. Um, we never will do that. So, for example, there was a pilgrimage to the Holy Land that through my work actually I was asked to go on but I said no because I wouldn't go without Jess because yeah. these things for us are so critical, you know, doing these things together are so important for us. So anything formative or any any ministry or any kind of mission or any way that we feel we're helping to bring others to Christ, we always do it together um, because it's a way that we, our love bears fruit, sure. yeah, you know. That's exactly right. So, yeah, so I think that's all been really important. Things like we um, we run a... We're part of the facilitating team for um, marriage preparation courses. So we run a bunch of courses, Jess and I, through the year, and there's a few others that do them at different times of year. I think my um, parents give a talk. Oh, do they? Maybe. It, yeah. Is it called Encounter, Marriage Encounter? That's another. Yeah, this one's through Catholic Care and the Primatal Diocese. Uh-huh. But, um, yeah, this, th- that's another, you know, another one. So, and, you know, we love it because we get a chance to be together and, Bear fruit. Bear fruit. And, you know, we sort of feel like the love, it's so interesting. One thing that we've, we've become much more aware of things like the um, your love, our love being sort of something that transcends us, you know, um, and it's the same with all married couples. You know, yes. you have, you love each other. One person wants to give love, the other person receives it and do that mutually. But then just like, you know, God the Father and Jesus Christ, they're together, you know, they spirate the Holy Spirit and that is this real person that is one with them but still distinct from them, you know, that we have that same awareness in our relationship that we've got us, that there's this sort of our love kind of goes beyond, you know, it kind of overflows. And so I think, say, when we do these marriage preparation courses, we're always amazed that, there's content that we each deliver, mm-hmm. but we feel like the loves, our, our love, our love, our love, somehow speaks on its own. You know, um, well, it, des- it definitely does. Thank you. No, it does. <laughs> it definitely does. It's tangible, even though there's nothing there. Yeah, it's yeah. So I guess we yeah we're really thankful for that, mm-hmm. um, and do see that as a real fruit fruit of our relationship. Even long know. before I even uh, had met you. I saw you because Jessie is very, very, very <laughs> he is. tall. He is six foot six. Yeah. And you're not so tall. No, five foot two. Yeah. And I did, I, I, you caught my eye. Probably just laughed at us. No. <laughs> you went, can you believe that God put those two together? <laughs> we think that too. But you were holding hands and you, you were one. Yeah, yeah. Even though you're distinctly different. Mm. Oh, yes. Yeah. You had this. Yeah. Um, He's got one and a half people and I'm yeah. half. So, <laughs> so you're together. Yeah. <laughs> a big hole. Yeah. Yeah. No, we, yeah, we really are. Um, yeah, we really are. So, and I guess in answer to your question as well about what's brought us, um, you know, how's it impacted on our relationship, um, stuff around identity has been significant for us too. Um, you know, we both grew up. Absolutely. So we both grew up thinking that we'd be a husband and a wife, you know, <laughs> but we also definitely grew up thinking we would be a father and a mother. Um, and so 
you know, and I think in society we really we cling to those, you know, labels. Yeah. You meet someone and you say, hi, you know, what do you do for work? You know, straight away, like yeah. give me a label that I can attach to. And, yeah, let um, me place you somewhere. Yeah, you know, or, oh, hi, you know, how many kids do you have or yeah. whatever, you know, we sort of cling to those things. And, it's, and it helps us to kind of yeah, yeah. give a construct, so it's okay. But, um, yeah, we definitely had attached those labels, you know, I'll be a mum, I'll be a dad. Mm to ourselves so I think through that sort of grieving you know it really was um it's kind of you know you sort of grieve the loss of this child that that um didn't ever actually exist you know um but you kind of grieve the all the all the things that you hoped for you know you grieve the birth you grieve the pregnancy I really grieved not being pregnant I really wanted to be pregnant Mm -hmm. So grieve that, you know, and then, yeah, as you say, the first days of school and the mm. um, all of that will impact on our lives the whole yeah. time, you know, all those sorts of things. Wedding. But, yeah, all that grandchildren. stuff, grandchildren. So grieving all the things that, you know, that could be. There was that grief, but then there was also the grief of um, a loss of our identity, yes. you know. I grieved. Who am I if I'm not going to yeah, be a mum? Yeah, that loss of yeah. not being a mum and Jess similarly not being a dad, so. That would be another time where we would really, I guess we've really had to help each other through that. Yeah. Um, was there ever a point where you just wanted to give it all away? What do you mean? You're married. like okay. Oh, our marriage. Yeah, like. No, no. no. Our marriage has always been rock solid, yeah, you know. Um, it's always been our greatest strength, you know, is that Christ is absolutely at the centre of our marriage and it's like forged so solid. So, um I mean, it's not to say that we don't ever have ups and downs. Yeah. Of course, like any any married You people. are human. Yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. So, of course, we have that. I can pinch her and she'll cry. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. But, yeah, not, um, yeah, no, there was never a time where where it was going to be divisive for us, you know. It was always going to be. Can you talk a little bit about spiritual motherhood? Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess that's something that I've become much more um, aware of this year. I've taken this year off um, full-time work to um, to do some study around fruitfulness for infertile couples. So is this for the marriage? So this is, so I started a Masters of Philosophy um, a few years ago and I was sort of halfway through it and I was bumbling along whilst working full-time and just thought, and I, and I just kind of got to a point where I said, why, why am I struggling to manage, you know, work and study? And, and I said to Jess, what do you think? Maybe I'll just kind of take 12 months off. And I just have been working, teaching casually and, yeah. and focusing on this study, which has been great. But a lot of it has been around um, spiritual fruitfulness because um, it is about fruitfulness in marriage and fruitfulness for infertile couples, which necessarily is spiritual fruitfulness, you know. It's like um, those called the celibacy, you know, or um, the religious life, you know, they they bear fruit abundantly but it's a spiritual fruitfulness Mm. and and so I guess, yeah, I've come to a much better sense of that for myself and for us. Um, The, I guess, the sense of participating in... um, in the spiritual, the spiritual fruitfulness of the cross. So marriage, I mean, marriage, it's, oh, it's also beautiful. The theology around it was so beautiful. I won't go into all of that. But, you know, we've got um, married couples and 
their relationship is a participation in the relationship of Christ and the church, you know, the nuptial mystery, mm. Christ married to the church. Um, and Christ on the cross, you know, pours out his fruitfulness um, to the church. I've got something for you to listen to. Okay. <laughs> you just, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. Where the bride. Yeah, so pours, absolutely, for his bride, the church, you mm. know, pours this, the fruitfulness of um, of his, his cross you know, in, into the church. And so the church becomes this spiritual mother for mm. all of these, you know, every Christian. Um, and that married couples participate, you know, don't just kind of image it or aren't just like a symbol of that. They actually participate in that fruitfulness. And for most married couples that, of course, is having children mm. um, because that physical fruitfulness is um, is a you know, is, is a sign of the spiritual fruitfulness of their marriage, a beautiful sign and gift. But couples without children still participate in that that fruitfulness um, just in a different way, you yeah. know, spiritual fruitfulness. So, and it can, it's different for every couple, you know, it's not um, sort of, oh, here's what spiritual fruitfulness looks like for everybody, you know. it's um, It is something that I think it manifests in a whole bunch of different things. For us, you know, it's through things like the marriage preparation courses or um, a pilgrimage that mm. Jess and I um, coordinate that coincides with the Feast of the Epiphany. Again, it's a yeah. child-related, wow. <laughs> a birth-related <laughs> feast. We sort of have a lot of these in our lives. Um, wow. But, you know, these those sorts of things, um, I guess, are sort of manifestations of it, but it's a deeper, it's... Yeah, it's much deeper than that, that yeah. spiritual fruitfulness where it is something that is much, you know, it's a fruitfulness that emerges from this connection of the souls through a participation in Christ. So it's it's sort of, yeah, affects your whole way of being. But it does have these physical manifestations as well, yeah. being godparents um, and not sort of tokenistic godparents, I guess, you know, not just sort of getting up there on the day and going, yeah, Bringing sure. the candle. Yeah, you know. Um <laughs> Like really taking that stuff seriously um, is another way that we've been, you know, been able to bear fruit. Lots How many spiritual children do you have? We've got four. Oh, you know, yeah, four. Or we, we think of ourselves having heaps, but <laughs> we've got four official ones. So you know, we've got their photos up on our wall, and uh, yeah, we remember their baptism anniversaries, and um, yeah, we give them a give them something each year that you know, that remembers that and honours that and, of course, we pray for them. And, yeah. you know, that yeah, I guess we really take that stuff seriously. So um, that's but, a reminder to our other godparents. Yeah, right. <laughs> you guys Myself your own, included. Your own don't kids. worry, I do pray for my godchildren. Very good. They're probably just don't buy gifts all the time. Yeah, yeah. So I, I guess all them. of that, all of, you know, all of those sorts of things. And we're open to... Um, whatever it might look like in the future. Mm. So we don't sort of have this sense that this is our spiritual fruitfulness for all time, you know. Did you think of fostering or adoption? Yeah, and we, and we may well do that, mm. yeah. Um, not adoption so much. We did at one stage think about that. Um, it's very difficult in Australia and there's lots and lots of couples who would love to adopt in Australia. And so we didn't feel like there was a, any child that comes up for Adoption Australia straight away. There's parents there who would love to adopt them. Yeah. So we sort of felt like there's lots of loving parents ready to do that. Um, but fostering is a great need in Australia yeah, for foster parents. So that is something that, that 
if and when we feel called to do, we'll yeah. absolutely do. We've got some very dear friends of ours have started fostering well, a bit over 12 months ago now to um, two little children. I think they were six and four when they first came to them and now they're seven and five and they'll have them until they're 18 and they're in the same situation as us, unable to have children and it is just beautiful to see them and as, you know, mm. as a family, you know, the gift that they're offering to these kids and the beautiful gift that these kids offer to them. So if they have them until they're 18, is that, can they then file for adoption or it depends a bit on um, the month on, on the yeah and the unique kind of context yeah. for um, Cause that's a long time yeah yeah so it's a permanent a long term foster care arrangement so yeah I mean they will become um, you know already they're very much like like their parents you know they call them mum and dad so at any point is it is at any point they can be removed is that no so no so for there's different types of fostering arrangements right. and um, and the long-term, once the court's made a ruling that this child goes into long-term foster care, there isn't the capacity to, you know, and change yeah, they, they don't put a child into long-term foster care unless there's a fairly, um, you know, or a very clear sense that this will have to be a, a long-term arrangement. Mm-hmm. So otherwise there's temporary and short-term care. So do, do the parents get, the, the birth parents, do they... Still have, have visitation rights. Yeah, is yeah, that what yeah. the difference is yeah. pretty much? Between adoption and foster care, is that Yeah, like if it's long-term, like they're with them until they're 18 right. and then they're yeah. adults. Yeah, yeah. So, it, oh, yeah, so there's a, there's maintaining that contact with parents. Right. But even with adoption, that still ha- that yeah. happens these days. Yeah. Um, I guess the, the difference is just that, again, it's kind of like an identity thing, you know. Yes. Um, these are um, used to, in your head. You might still think these are my children, and they are. But in, when you're a foster parent, but when you adopt, there's that real sense that these are my children, you yeah. know. Um, and and for the kids, you know, this is my dad, you know, or this is my mom, um, versus this is my foster mom, or yeah. my, you know. So I guess it's just around feeling like that unity of the family. It is, yeah, it is. So. I don't know if that arrangement will turn into an adoptive relationship, but it's a beautiful, you know, they're just, they're absolutely giving life to these kids and the kids are well and surely giving life to them. (laughs) And lack of sleep. That's right, and lack of sleep (laughs) and all of those, you know, yeah, ups and downs. So, yeah, and and we may well, you know, may well do that. But one thing, um, yeah, that I would also just add is uh, is the importance for of receptivity, of just mm. openness. That's something that we realise that um, that prayer we were praying, you know, that real kind of like blesses with children. You know, it's it's a good prayer to pray if you can't have children, absolutely, or you're struggling to have children. But um, we came to realise that a more important was about was about was about about was in whatever way you want to be fruitful, you know. So less about kind of trying to get it and more about openness yeah. and being receptive to whatever God wants to, you know, lavish upon you in terms of his gifts and his fruitfulness for you. So, and I think it applies to lots of contexts that's, you know, not just having children, yeah. um, just being open and receptive, still being specific when you want something, you know. So it's that balancing act, you know, but we it's pray. intention. Yeah, we prayed that prayer of Jesus in um the garden, you know, that became a real prayer for us, you know, your will be done. So that that was really what we kind of, I guess, changed over time. Our prayer yeah. to be, um, you know, not our will but your will be done. So 
And that will bring you happiness. Absolutely. Peace, unbelievable yeah. peace. Yeah, yeah. So that was really, that was a big change for us, yeah. you know, that shift in our well, minds. He is the Prince of Peace. He is I've the Prince of Peace. I've said that a few times on this podcast. But okay. people, uh, yeah. yeah. But people have gone through hardships. Yeah. One of the most overwhelming feelings once they've surrendered mm. or is mm. that feeling of peace. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Because he brings that peace. Yeah. When you know that he's got it sorted out, you feel like yeah, it's not all up to you. No. And, um, well, that's, yeah. oh, that's a whole other topic. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Trying to play God. Well, <laughs> Trying to play God. <laughs> that is a big topic. <laughs> <laughs> but the, was, oh, it was the other night. And, yeah. Um, it's just abandoning everything yeah. over and, yeah. and he's the author of life. And we mm. can't, I heard somebody say that, you know, he writes our stories and yeah. stop trying to take the pen out of That's his hand. That's right. That's a great, yeah. Because he'll write the best story. That's it. Yeah, you know? exactly. Uh, exactly. Thank you so much. That's all right. That pleasure. Was, Thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. Uh, it's a really exciting thing you're doing. So I'm very thrilled <laughs> to be part of it. I'm so happy you're here. Um, because a lot of them have been mothers and I'm mm. completely aware that there are a lot of women out there that aren't mothers, Absolutely. physical mothers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I don't want them to feel alone because I imagine it would be quite lonely it, at times. Yeah, at times it's definitely been, especially when you feel like, especially when we felt like our path, was diverging from the paths of all these friends and family mm. who were becoming. I remember um, you said there was specific, you know, like New Year's Eve was a hard time. That's right, yeah. <laughs> you know, we had a tradition for New Year's Eve, staying up late, and, you know, not, we weren't ever totally out of control, but, you know, just. Yeah, two o'clock. Yeah, yeah, just, and then it sort of, yeah, became the nine o'clock fireworks. And <laughs> then, and nowadays it's not even the nine o'clock fireworks. So I think that sort of stuff, um, yeah. Yeah, just that sense of being like they're all trooping off together and having kids' birthday parties and, you know, yeah, you're sort of on this other path that you think, oh, man, I didn't really I didn't plan for this. Plan this one. <laughs> so, but lots of, you, turn, you know, you, you find out actually, and we know many now, many couples that are in our same situation. Mm. Um, it's not actually such a lonely path at all. Yeah. <laughs> There's other people on it with you um, and you meet lots of great people on the way and yeah. and I think that sense of not knowing necessarily where that path's heading can initially feel terrifying. You know, you wanted it to be going this way yeah. and, it's, and it's clearly not going there. But when you're open to where the path leads. You then, surrender. Just, yeah. I'll go where you be. Yeah, that's right. There is a real, as you say, peace and great fruitfulness that, you know, that comes from all of that. Well, I can see it. Thank you. <laughs> I really can. Um, so before we finish, you have to tell us something that brought you joy this week. Brought me joy. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So. I'm looking for mine. Okay. <laughs> That's all right. I, um, well, as I said, I've been doing my thesis and um, so I spend a lot of time at home behind a computer and reading, you know, um, reading books by these various theologians and, Sometimes that can even feel a little bit lonely, you know. They're yeah. on my own with um, with some of these yeah, some of these authors. But um, this time of year, we've got a mulberry tree outside this room where I am, am working in. And when the mulberry tree has got mulberries, the birds are just out of control. Um, and I was sitting there just a couple of days ago, you know, riding away, and this one bird was just going totally nuts, just. Um, you know, his song was just 
you know, high and low and these trills and it was magnificent, you know, and I just, I really, I sort of managed, I don't know, managed to kind of, I guess it went for long enough that just I couldn't possibly not have noticed it and so my focus shifted from, you know, this dense reading to like, wow, that is just beautiful, a beautiful song. Symphony in the garden. Yeah, so that brought me a lot of joy the other day. There's lots of things that have, but that one springs to mind. So what about you? Well, enjoy. That's right. <laughs> yes. And my kids, every year, we, um, my husband takes two children to the Christmas tree farm to cut down. They, nice. they get to choose the tree. That's exciting. Yeah. And this year, the tree was beautiful. Like some years, we have these stumpy, yes. fat trees. Yes. Other years, we have these enormous trees, but full of spiders. Right. One year, we had a frog. Wow. That's yes. a bonus. <laughs> yeah. Especially when you have a child that. Has frogs as a phobia. Oh, one twice we've had lady beetles. Okay, woken up the next morning, the whole room is full of lady beetles. Really? Yeah. Um, but the tree is beautiful this year. Yeah, your tree is beautiful. Yeah, yeah, stunning. Really lovely. So I love Advent. Yes, it is beautiful. A lot of joy. Yeah, cool. But I have another thing that brought me joy, which you reminded me of when you were speaking, and I'm going to put it in the show notes. It's a um. An interview with Father Josh Johnson. Okay. He's from the South, right in, yeah. in the States, yeah. and he's got a great drawl. Mm. You can listen to him forever, but he talks about um, the feminine genius, and, mm. and it's you got to listen to it. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so Very I'll put good. that in the show notes. Sounds good. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me. I think we better wrap it up because yeah. I think we've gone over. I think so. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Enjoy your week. Thank you. Bye. Bye.